0: The Daft presents the Daft Sheet. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Vesling Daft Daft Sheet. I, as always, am your host Chris Jack. And to go through pretty much everything that went down uh, over the weekend at AEW All In, I am joined... Uh, to by uh, Stephen Loach and Brian McCarp to fill this week's staff sheet with a lot of All Elite action. Brian,
1: welcome to the show. How How's things? Thanks very much for having me. Long-time listener, long-time champion of the format, so happy to be here. Thanks for getting good me on stuff, board. Stuff.
0: And Steve, uh, good to have you back. How, how have you been this week?
2: Thanks very much for having me back. And aye, it was a brilliant, bright
0: weekend, still coming down from the buzz of uh, all-in. Good stuff. I mean, that, that's the reason I've got the two of you guys on here today. Yous uh, were sort of at the coal faces with it at, at ground zero in terms of being at Wembley for all-in. So I thought i I'll be happy enough just to I kind of keep traffic flowing on this week's episode and let you guys take the reins from actually being there. Uh, instead of me uh, being, uh, being stuck in alarm, in watching it on fight TV, having thought that it was going to be on YouTube for nothing. Uh, I thought it was going to be on there for free. It turned out that when uh, I went to thing it, I had to pay the fifteen ninety nine for the on fight instead. Uh, so fifteen ninety nine out of pocket, but quality wrestling uh, came for that, which I'm, I'm not too, too despondent about having to pay for. Uh, now, obviously, the the elephant in the room, which you know we're going to be covering, I'd imagine uh, throughout the course of filling this week's staff sheet. Is the 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 lingering specter of what happened between CM Punk and Jack Perry? So, with that in mind, you know, obviously with all the location that, that seems to have happened uh, before all in get get properly started, I'm going to put it to you guys. Uh, it's been said that uh, the the CM Punk Jack Perry incident uh, has sort of spoiled all in for certain members of the All Elite roster. Uh, can you just tell me about a time where something you guys have been excited about? Has been ruined by someone else being a complete dick. So come to you first line
1: Well, two years ago when I made my uh, deep cut to the wrestling dad fans. Two years ago I made my wrestling running debut. If you can remember those, uh, I don't mean the run ins. I mean the actual podcast I used to put out every week. But okay. uh, I was in the middle of moving house, and it should have been a, a magical time, and I had a son being born. Also at the same time and I'm now two years into the country life, and the experience was somewhat soured by the absolute shower of bastards that uh, owned this house and literally literally robbed us on the, the day we moved in uh, when I went to see my son in hospital. So that's uh, one thing that was completely ruined, uh, what should have been a magical moment. And um, less uh, less traumatic trauma dumping, I would say, I remember not enjoying the movie The Sixth Sense because of the prick that is Tim Lovejoy ruined the uh, the ending on Soccer AM, <laughs> if you remember when that was a thing. So I uh, fucked Tim Lovejoy and the impact he thought he was having on the on the football game. Um, but yeah, he just, and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, just on Saturday morning TV he casually said uh, Bruce Willis is a ghost. And um, hard to watch that movie when you know that, so... That's a, an obvious one as well, of uh, an absolute <laughs> prick reading something. No, I oh, remember that. Violent. Um
2: I I remember watching that at the time as well and being fucking raging.
1: Thing was, I didn't <laughs> even watch it the first time he said it. I caught it on a week after when he was referring back to the fact he said it the week before. So Actually,
2: he did it twice.
1: Aye, prick. <laughs> um God love him, he's now balding on, on channel four with his other mate. Uh which I sort of thought to tie back to the AEW, I really thought the troop the troops would have all been through that show. Uh, you had Satnam in there and Jeff and the guitar and the gang on the on the hardcore press of the promotion. But I don't think any of them bothered with it or um, Sarai on Good Morning.
0: I there was uh, very little in the kind of the the, the mainstream. Uh, you can remember I saw Saraya was in Good Morning Britain and I think she did talk swap as well. Yeah, uh, but. But at, even after but I'm sure after Money in the Bank they had Damien Priest on uh, on Sunday brunch. I'm sure he was on that the, the
1: following morning as well. Yeah, you know that's bizarre. Mania, it's, it's... At least, uh, yeah, Just when one the, Mania the guys won bizarre, the titles Charles. they always sent them on. It's it's a it's a weird one that they sort of sold like eighty one thousand and we'll get to the record and all that, but they sort of off sold it off goodwill as opposed to you know, any major promotion. Like I was looking forward to the day my dad would text me a picture of it in the paper like he's breaking news to me the way he did for you know clash at the castle but i like you know i totally have people in work today i was at a record break and show wembley and none of them heard of it you know it's it didn't really penetrate the bubble and hopefully next time they can go further and go you know establish that base but i think they owe the house to to davy and brett and and our boy grado as much as anything
0: It, it was mad that they managed to get as many as that without the, the sort of the, the propaganda in the in the UK press, but uh, they did it, and we'll, we'll discuss that in depth in a wee bit. Uh, Steve, what about yourself? What's something that some absolute pick has spoiled for you and the enjoy, enjoyment of?
2: Um, my dick of a mate, Phil, spoiled Sons of Anarchy for me. Although I kind of deserved it because I spoiled two things of of Game of Thrones for him. First, I blurted <laughs> out because I read the books and all that before mm. the the show. I'm I'm one of those assholes that um, that boasts about uh, Light Game of Thrones before the, it was even a TV show. So I spoiled to th- that it was accidentally to the Game of Thrones things for for, uh, uh, for him. Then he got his own back. I binged watched Sons of Anarchy just when that was uh, rapping and he got his revenge by um telling me a, a character death from season five and it was my favourite character which really pissed me off. So uh, you could say that... I kinda did deserve that one.
0: That's the ones that kinda hurt the most, isn't it? The ones where you where you find out the, that the the characters you love and stuff don't make it to the end. You're like, oh you're a fucking fuck, a fuck. Uh, There was also
2: but... the sorry, there was also a lads holiday I had. It was like Ibiza it was the first time I went to Ibiza as well. Uh was buzzing for it and this was when I was about nineteen but on the second night I get jumped by two um, two local hooligans and got my phone knit.
0: Jesus. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I wasn't... I I wasn't even... Like yeah. I wasn't look, bit in the funny I look in the funny side. Deep thing. city between the two of you's there, by <laughs> the way. This is supposed to the, the light-hearted bit the
2: chat. Oh, fuck. I I... It's going to be depressing enough given the subjects we're going to be talking about
1: as well. I was going to say, like anyone with anyone with a beard who lives in Belfast at the time, I was a, an extra in Game of Thrones, and I was in the pilot, and that's when I found out, because a lot of the other extras had, had read the books, that mm. Ned Stark got his head done, mm. and were basically chatting around having a smoke, and they're basically saying, oh, he'll not be in season two, and I'm like, why not? And then, you know, <laughs> so the reveal wasn't quite, as, wasn't quite as shocking for me at the time, but. Uh, a uh, great, great show, and the the tourism of Northern Ireland is dining out on it finally, as we speak. It, yeah. is,
0: it is, and that that's why you know, in the lead it's up, still need uh, it. Ah, oh, oh, you need to get over, man, get over, get to a, a local wrestling show, uh, see the sights, going, uh, take take in all the the thoma uh, tourism uh, that happens over here. You know, the two main things that people come to come to see, other Mike's my experience anyway, they come to see all the stuff on the falls and the shankle, and they come to uh, see all the Titanic stuff. Uh, so, no, it's, it's, it's good, to, I think, you come and see and then quickly, quickly leave as well. But I Titanic, this bigotry, Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> and rocks. We've got the rocks up the north. <laughs> the amount of cousins and relatives from Australia New Zealand that my granny had to take to the Jan Skulls just to say they've seen hexagonal rocks, but
0: I, I've I've been living over here in Northern Ireland for nine years. Next month, and I've still yet to go to the Causeway. Still, not, have still you, never been. I've, I've been have you been to out. the Goblins? Have you been to the Goblins? It's right on my doorstep, but no. I've yeah. Still never been to that
1: coastal uh, pathways. It's too dangerous to walk, and they've had to close them down and put uh, shut all
0: the age restrictions
1: shut all the and stuff on them. But It's, are not, we quite
0: the it's not quite the kelpies, yeah. Steve. Like, anyway, let's get to filling this week. I've still not seen the kelpies, actually. <laughs> so this, this week's staff sheet is going to be very heavily uh, all-in tinged so we're going to be filling the front page, back page and page C with stuff surrounding uh, the momentous thing that happened on Sunday at Wembley. Our TV pages this week are going to be slightly different as well. Obviously last week uh, we learned of the, the tragic passing not only of Terry Funk, which broke and obviously they called them last week's show, uh, but the, the following day uh, we, we learned that uh, Wyndham of the Thunder, Bray Wyatt, uh, had also uh, passed away so TV pages is going to be a sort of tribute, uh, to, the, to the best things that we can go and watch about Bray Wyatt uh, uh, on the network on YouTube or whatever as well but we're going to get things kicked off with the filling the front page of the DAF sheet and Steve we'll come to you first what is the biggest news story uh, coming out of All In uh, that you that you're should be putting on that front page
2: you've already touched on it. it's uh, Jack Perry and CM Punk's backstage uh, brawl and uh, all in, or brawling as we're now calling it um, <laughs> it, uh, you, you've, you kind of mentioned it's kind of ruined the the event a wee bit and you're right, it's certainly for the guys involved in, in AEW, for, uh, from Tony Khan all, all the way down the, the whole roster, everybody worked at it, it's really spoiled what was uh, otherwise a a monumental successful event but you know we're leaving it and uh, we're leaving it and yet it it's comes with a sour taste because of this uh, this controversial moment that uh, uh, that happened and it's easy to blame punk uh, in these things because it, it's always punk it's always punk uh, that's happening to but let's be honest Jack Perry has not covered himself in glory here in a way, oh, he kind of instigated it with this this uh, part in the glass. into the, I'm not sure. I'm not Watched this match. They tell you what? What did they
0: actually say? Word for what? So,
1: so basically, was, he's. Sorry, going
0: to. No, you go, Brian. No, you go.
1: Yeah, no. So basically, he um they had the limo match, in where you could see from it, but it was right at the tunnel. They had the uh, limo out or fancy Lincoln car, whatever. Uh, he taps the glass turns to the camera, you know, full-on face, and goes, it's real, gra- real glass, cry me a river. Right. And then what, what proceeded in- to do a spot through it. So, Aye. What, what what was it in reference to again? So to me, the, the story that came out of Collision was that uh, Jack Parry wanted to do an injury angle at a show, and that involved using real glass. And supposedly, Punk stepped in and said, we don't do that here. Go back to dynamite. Uh, you're not doing it. Right. And even in that scenario that, where uh, Punk is telling uh, you, Punk's on the right. You shouldn't use real glass, but it's you know it's, it's always true. it's how you tell people something is not what you say, but how you say it. Well, um, from what i right, uh,
0: read about it, apparently Punk has said, uh, "Do it somewhere else, like the B show." You know, that, yeah. that, that he's I, totally right I, I, we again, know it's... what happened
1: to Goldberg like you shouldn't use real glass there are Hollywood stuntmen you can get sugar glass if you're ahead of time and prepped and know that you want to use glass we could have got that in yeah. type of thing so Punk's right but it's, sure. a, it's not what you say it's how you say it and like you know I manage teams and you work with t- people of different ages and generations and Jack Perry's grown up in this generation of social media where you can say what you want you have free speech without consequence and he didn't expect the old man would step to him but basically to me, Jack Barry, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm saying it's like it's, it's taking a shot back, but he's saying it's real glass. The boss approved this. You're not my boss. Cry me or ever. And, punk, if you had to fight everyone who thought you were an asshole, you would never have time in the day to see your dog and your Aye. wife. <laughs> like, sometimes, like, you know, people at work and you go, you're a dickhead. And if that person found out yeah. you called them a dickhead and their immediate thought was to fight you, you would say, you're right to call them a dickhead. Like, not everything, every action needs to have the same reaction, and punks is always you know, throw the chair, grab the chokehold, you know, and then at the minute we're only hearing a lot of what the punk side is, where like, he has his own dirt sheet writer, the House of Punk, that's just pumping out straight up stuff, that like, you know, the, the travel stuff was ridiculous to come out from him, like, when he's supposed to be the big company man, you know, and all the best for AEW. But what does that do to say that, you know, there was no, there's no car for me, you know, go to the sheets, he's calling Jericho a stooge. But there he is, you know, telling his own press guy that AEW messed up the travel and it was, you know, one of the young Bucks friends who's responsible. It's, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's our it's headline it's a this is the, the stuff, like, you know.
0: Is as a mad thing though that like, whether or not Punk's in the right to be complaining about that kind of thing, if it is true and again there has been pictures of them, you know, riding the the tube himself and whatnot like that, it sets a, bit a bad precedent in terms of of talent just being, you know, in the lead up to big shows just roaming the city, feet kind of thing. You know, the wrestling fans can be weird fuckers at the best of times, and you know, and with the the emotions that somebody like Punk can elicit for, for certain sections, it's, it's a bit, a bit. It did seem a bit off that you know the one of the one of the figureheads of the company is having to make his own way, to the stadium and all that kind of stuff, and make his own way like, to the it, kind
1: of it's, it's sort of like atypical of W of AEW that it's you sort of thought they were coming in with this indie boom, but then they've got Tony Khan who has follow me has the Jags, you know they're going to be professional, but stuff like this happens. Like on Wembley Way, you could see certain people got walked in and escorted. Like Aubrey, referee Mike Knox, other people like Nigel McGinnis and Archie. were just walking in on their own. Like you know, mm. there's so much stuff and I said about you know the show being sold off the back of you know sort of basically the British fan base as opposed to their own promotion. Like there's so many seemingly missteps in every facet of their business. Like from their t-shirts, like there were there were Eddie Kingston redeem these nuts t-shirts in the Union Jack font you can buy online. Someone effed up and didn't put those on the boat like because they didn't sell any of those. Uh, ton of merch. Like, there's no eighty thousand. You didn't think there's gonna be any kids there. No kid sized shirts. Uh, couldn't bring anything home. Bread Baker from a daughter. Like we end up getting her two foam scissor fingers. Like you know, it's yeah. just all these small minor steps throughout. Like you know, at the end of the day, is it a, a guy going to the dirt sheets about sh- about there was a about of Programs as well. No programs. No souvenirs. Yeah. No cups. Like we spent a hundred quid, and I would have spent twice as much. Like, um, but at the end of the day. Is it not ego and a diva to go to the press that you couldn't Man, find a taxi at the airport? Like, yeah, you know? the, the, this this is the bit the,
2: a bit punk that, that's really driving me nuts. Right, he apparently is he wants to bring a drama free locker room. uh certainly in the collision side, he's the one creating all the drama. He's the one being being unprofessional. He's the one that's at the centre of it all, stirring this this shit. He's the one that's creating all the the negative press.
1: The funny you know, thing, he's, people,
2: the, he's the common denominator. Yeah.
1: yeah, the funny thing, people go back to the, the Hangman promo and the thing he said about, you know, workers rights. Um, but the thing he also said was, like, you're the guy I need to protect from the locker room. And, like, you sort of think <laughs> back in hindsight, like, look at all of these things, the Namath thing, you know, Softest Man Alive sub you know, the, mm-hmm. the Jack Perry thing that he couldn't have waited. You know, if you're a big company man, you don't kick off the Christmas party. Um, you know, it's just... it's. Sad. Like I I'm sitting here behind right. me. I've got I've got the best of punk CM Punk WWE DVD set next to the best of CM Punk Ring of Honor DVD set. Which coincidentally is sitting beside the Wrestling with Shadows documentary and the self destruction <laughs> of the Ultimate Warrior. Like I don't know what that tells you. <laughs> but, like, titles yeah, it's it's sad. Like I say, I was in the WWE shirt and then or a you know like a little punk shirt and the other day I had a a, a Young Bucks jacket and I was like God what if I bumped into Punk wearing this jacket and not the Punk shirt like you don't know what would happen like it mm. kicked out not allowed in it's it's sort of a sad tinge but like to bring it back to the show in the format like of the the headline should be the world record the 81,000 uh-huh. uh, well, it, awesome. it, it, it should be uh-huh. same time next year like you know coming back they they made this their home W.E. is going to be locked out of July and September to run Wembley if they ever could uh so well, before we come on to
0: that. Before we come on to your bit there in terms of uh, talk about the attendance and whatnot, uh the last thing I was wanting to, to say uh the regarding the punk thing is obviously uh whether Punk and, and Perry are suspended uh, as a result of what's going on, it's uh it means that all out this weekend uh, in Chicago is is probably gonna have to go through a lot of changes. I mean, they mm-hmm. both of you guys genuinely think that punk is gonna get is going to have to miss these three shows this week in Chicago, right. culminating in all out.
2: Right. Well, here's the other thing. He, all out Chicago, his territory. He's not going to be there. He's let down the well, the majority of the people that bought a ticket for that. They're going to be gutted now. Um. He's also he's also probably now uh, ruined the impending feud between him and MJF because it was clear that they were they were uh, they were aligning them to do the unification uh, title bout. That's now going to need to be rethought. And Punk's get previous to this. Remember uh, how it all went sour with WWE? He, he ruined plans for WrestleMania 30. He would have thought that all this would have been out of his, his system. He would have thought that he would, he would know better than this. No, he's still doing it. He's still... Um, have he's still causing drama and creating situations that's ha- that's ha- making the company scramble and change uh, big cards and big pay-per-views. And that's I'm, I'm, from... at, I'm at the point where I think he, he's addicted to causing controversy and making uh, making life fucking hellish for everybody. He works with
1: it's It's wild. Like this is a grown man that behaves this way, and it's like this. You can tell he doesn't have kids. Like cause you know you see that as you have kids and you know what that behavior is like you step it out like but it's in, in though in terms like of everything i said about punk aw's a you know a privately run company they get to set their own internal discipline there is no reason why he couldn't be on this show because rather than throw out everything you say all the fans all the tickets the good grace of of all in by then sort of no-show on admittedly an unadvertised punk, but I mean, it is the expectation when you run Chicago, he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they want after. They can get through this, you know, and, and have him on the show. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're without a main event, because I'm not sure if the, the MGF Paris talk was, you know, to cover the fact that he won't have a title match on the show, or whether, you know, his parents were just over and he was taking them there, you know, as part of the trip. But mm-hmm. I don't know what the plan is there, because nothing's built there. They can't go back to Cole. They didn't turn on each other, so... I think they muscle really through and get him kind of on the card.
0: There's not really much belt for that. There's nothing weird. so far yet. I mean, you've got what Miro, Miro against Hobbs, Uh and uh, uh and, and, in
1: Mercedes. Is it? I think it's Ruby. Ruby set, so no, no. the set up on collision. They the canny Takesh to match the setup from the six man, and then they oh, Moxley uh, but, for the Lucy. Aye, which is aye, sort of funny, look, like the... we. The champion's yeah. actually the number one contender. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of weird. They sort of like, out of the match, you think, well, we'll make Penta fight Moxley in the winner fight, so see. But instead, they're doing it the other way around. and Aye. It's sort of the great irony of, of AEW and the plan and that Orange Cassidy has defended this international title all of the time on all of the shows, apart from the one time they went internationally in, the most, in front of the most people. Like, I really, you nitpick the card, and it, the show was great and it turned out brilliant, but, you know, I'd have had a, you know, Moxley versus Orange Cassidy in a, you know, Blood Orange death match and, and have the title change there but uh, they've obviously had to you know, set it up to build other things and you know, you, you being the fan of the show you don't want your stuff to be the setup, you want it to be the payoff and the bigger the show, the mm-hmm. better the payoff, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it seems stuff has been set up, even Miro and, and Hobbs is run the pre-show of, of All In you know, they, they got flew out for that spot
0: um, well, but yeah, I don't know where they go with MJF Speaking of the the bigger the shows and whatnot, Brian, we'll come to you for the for your taking the headline. You said that you were looking to speak about or, you know the fact that the attendance should have been the the headline. I mean, what in terms of it being the the biggest event, uh, the biggest wrestling event in history, certainly the biggest uh, wrestling event in the UK. Did it feel for you being there that like the the biggest biggest event of all time?
1: The scale of it is hard to say. It's not, but. You know, and the enjoyment of it and the crack we had and the people we met and the fun and the the pops, the pyro and everything, it was great. But, you know, when you put your sadly analytical mind on and overthink the business, you're you're looking back at the sort of missed opportunities and stuff they could have done that could have been out earlier. And the Jericho Austria match paid off. That was great. You know, Jericho still got it, no matter what people say. But that could have been out from Forbidden Door. They could have been. You know, cut the angle on the one show. Like you know, there could have been more of the hype and more of the build to get you more excited. But you know, undoubtedly on the day it, it paid off. It was great. But you know, my my headline is just the what should be the takeaway is this amazing show that we all got to see and it was so good. They're going to do it again. But instead, it's you know the messy bitch strikes back. Um, and you know, obviously coming to this, no new you, Chris will be a, a virtue of integrity in your reporting and your paper so you'd want the <laughs> the real story there and the real numbers and the blurb around it because even at AEW, even coming home from it there's a guy on the train next to me on the tube wants to say that you know in north korea they had more people like you know it's well that's, it wasn't a real show wait, so they
0: were, the, they were the pains to say that it's the the, the biggest paid uh attendance because obviously, you know the the clash in career was like it was a, a government mandated thing that everyone had mm. to attend it.
1: Yeah, it was a peace uh, festival, and it wasn't all just wrestling. Like they were all just forced in, and and even the narrative that it was a WCW show, like it, it featured Norton and Two Cold Scorpio. But those guys were there because the, of their New Japan affiliation, and the only draw mm. was it was only Fleur being added because they couldn't get Hogan. You know, so it wasn't even a you know a joint WCW show like it was a North Korean propaganda bit, and and then obviously you have got the WWE fake numbers and the diehards that come to bat for those, and it's you know it's a ridiculous one of the worst things of the, of the culture and the fandom and the IWC and all that is like, yeah, like why what's in it for you?
2: I know but, it's like it's the most pathetic thing ever. It's it's an instant like, mute on Twitter.
1: Like it, it's. Uh-huh. If you're a WWE fan, you want that record to fall because it means WWE have to come back and do something bigger and better to break it. It's, and It means they have yeah, to put on a better show, and maybe, God forbid, they make the tickets a bit cheaper to get more people in. I like, it's, it's, you don't win anything by defending the, the fake number that Vince McMahon did. So, like,
2: exactly. I mean, if, if WWE, if WWE wants to give a fuck, they'll put out something themselves uh, to do. It. The WWE doesn't need you to do its talking for them. it's a it's a billion dollar. Corporation that's been the still is the number one wrestling company in the world since 1985 it doesn't need you to defend them but it's one of the many reasons why i i've been twitter off my uh, sorry, ex, sorry elon x um it's one of the main reasons why i deleted it off my phone because get fed up i've seen aww fans bicker stupidly like this it's like you're all wrestling fans you should be united on this this is not celtic and rangers fuck off
1: yeah, like you used to be able to follow Dave Meltzer, and you could maybe learn something from his replies. But now it's just he's mm-hmm. just replying to people who don't want to learn, and it's just you know trying to argue over these fake numbers and digging up tweets that Alvarez posted years ago. And it's like you know you don't judge the solar system by books from the fifties. They said Pluto was a planet. They don't count that no more. Like it's you know, it's just irreputable facts and mm-hmm. yeah, the big the big show, the big headline is like we're doing it again next year. So it's sort of like mm-hmm. despite all of the the faults in the build and I would have rather had more singles right. and a sick than a twelve man to sell a video game plug in. You know, it's, it's basically better. you know, all in it was a success, you know, all things uh-huh. considered, like, you know, so that's I would be I mean, more positive for it. You know, like i I I, I never
2: thought Certainly during the pandemic, there, there would be a 80, yeah, an eighty thousand wrestling show at at Wembley that I would attend. I'm just delighted that it, that it happened. I I don't give a shit about records being broken, whether they they got it or or, or didn't. We got we got something that I didn't think w- was going to happen, and we should be absolutely buzzing about it. And if and if you're one of these sad fucks who's on Reddit or Twitter or whatever. Um, trying to uh, dig out facts or trying to prove that it was all, um, there was a fake inflated numbers. Get a fucking life. And, and by the way, you're not actually a wrestling fan. You're not actually a wrestling fan. You're just some troll who's most likely starver, star of a virgin that's uh, got too much time in his hands. Yeah,
1: the, the rally is, Tony. Tony said he was going to do a, a pay-per-view in London. And I knew, like I'm sort of, from day one from sort of the indie boom from from colt cabana's podcast degree right through that i was with AEW, i knew I had to be honest and i best case scenario mm-hmm. i thought craven College, they'll get 30k in there maybe yeah. you know think of all of europe they sold that, they oversold that in day one like the, the decision to go to wembley was justified over creative college from day one and mm-hmm. what i wanted was an aw show and just because it became Wembley and 80,000, then the expectation was this has to be the biggest show ever. And the build has to be best. And Kenny has to have the best match and the two titles. Need. We got a good show. That was the plan. That's what you signed up for when you bought your ticket. Like, you know, just because it became 80,000, the expectations were raised. It was never going to match what everyone felt, but good enough that it's coming back next year. I've already booked the, the, the hotels and booked you no know, great spots. If you need anywhere to go, uh, Parrington, well, that's what I've asked through uh, Wembley Central for
0: the for the uh, anniversary next year. That will be the eleventh anniversary. So we went to Spain for the tenth, uh, but I'm 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 pitching for the for Wembley for uh, the eleventh. Uh, so what we'll do is uh, we'll wrap up this section. I think just but because of the the sheer enormity of the. The, the chat that's came out of it. We're gonna go with the, the Jack Perry and CM Punk altercation has been the biggest news story they come out of all in, even though it would be nice to focus on the, the attendance and the more of the positives. Uh, so the headline for that is gonna be uh jungles bungle leads to punk bumble. Uh, so that's what <laughs> we'll get for the for the headline there. Uh Thanks, now Phil. We'll at the back We'll go to the back page now. The uh, back page, which is going to focus on the best match of all in. So I'll come to you first in that, Brian. Uh, and we'll see if it differed any from being in the stadium to myself watching on on the telly. Uh, but what was your pick of the, was it 10, 9, 10 uh, main show bouts as well as the P the show?
1: Honestly, like it was, wrestling is one of those things where it's, it's literally that, you have to be there joke you know it doesn't really stand up mm-hmm. as much when you're not and when you see the mjf and the cold in their funny spots and they're back and forth in the extra five minutes and like you sit back and look at it it's like sort of daft logic that you would restart and try to win by dq and you know all that nonsense but like for the best match in the back page i'm thinking spectacle what sells is the picture and it's moxley and the skewers in the stadium stampede (laughs) that image with that pop the pop in the building is when you realize not that many people watch gcw and deathmatch wrestling because that's Uh, a staple of japan but the bang on the head and then that two seconds where they just popped out and it you know it's just the visual and the blood and the whole match is a is a backspace spread of photos the the one of moxley and kingston land and the blood and the barbed wire and moxley or kingston just giving them the finger like it's I haven't got the chance to watch it back yet, but as, as a spectacle, the Stadium Stampede is just anarchy in the arena, you know, sized up. Uh, they kept stuff in the ring so that we could watch it. Uh, it was great moment, Chuck E.T., and the, even the the, um, the the Tron images of OC of with the, the sketch drawings of Yuta's head and Yuta's body, either side in stickman form. Like, um, it was a, you know, I would have had the best friends with Grado and the, multi man against Jeff and the new age oddities, but I mean for what they for what they did in that match I thought it, it, it was the spectacle of the night, you know. There wasn't a battle royal, there wasn't the huge pops and surprises and ladder matches and stuff, but I thought the Stadium Stampede delivered, but the the, the whole card throughout, you know, it's it's it I think it delivered in every match in certain points. But back page, big image, mock sleep blood, skewers Stadium Just Stampede it
0: like during the stadium stampede match, I had I was trying to feed my, my son and then I had to nip out uh, to, to do some stuff, so I haven't had a chance to watch it back yet. But from what I have seen of it, it looked gnarly as fuck. It looked like all the, the major spots that they were looking to hit got hit on it. Was there a sense in the stadium that Penta was proper done uh, when he not even was looked at by yeah,
2: the I didn't even notice ew, um, ew. He went away at one point. Like I, I just assumed he was off brawling with somebody. It's that when his music hit, well, there was like confusion in my section, going "What the fuck?" And then, like all of a sudden, he had a, uh, he had a red suit on. Uh, I
1: mm-hmm. was, it was an odd one. Like Aye. I said, like yeah, I didn't know he was. He could have just been fighting, you know, you off screen for all he knows. Like you know, when previous Aye. ones Eddie, Eddie disappeared and came back out, but it was a bit, you know, it's wrestling. You know, can't pick holes. But he, Aye. he went and he went and changed his clothes. Did he? Uh, till someone can't, change, can't play, play, play some music when I come it, back out. You know, it's
2: it, you know, it's a it, bit daft, but it, it went. It, it was a tight attire. that he must take a while to get out of it and back in it because he must have a, a load of uh, moisturizer I on him. To get into it. <laughs> And
1: the thing is, yeah, he's actually been in, like, you know, uh, I think in the in the, the pantabate down, he was out and just masking the top off. He's he's worked out. Like, I remember seeing him in an indie show, and he you know he was trading off the mask and the. The hand gesture, but like he is in great shape, so yeah, to have to slither in and out of those suits, you know, when you could just pop the different coloured mask on, it was a bit weird, but yeah, I'd like to see it back. But as a spectacle, I think that's probably going to be a staple going forward to, to do that.
2: It was the most fun match, I, I would agree with definitely with on that one. These ones always are AW, I've pretty, they pretty much put one of these on every pay per view now. Um, uh, there was uh, the things I remember was Trey I took some brutal, brutal bumps, and this one he was the the big bump taker. Uh,
0: aye, uh, and aye, and,
2: and, uh, and then Eddie Eddie got a massive pop when he reappeared with the steel chair. Um, I was a bit disappointed because I uh, in, the, in the sense that I, I I heard the rumor that Eddie was going to wear a wolf's top because apparently he lived there for two years or something.
0: Um
1: so, so he I, yeah that. That would match up. So Eddie would be part of that Uh crew that ran sort of Rev Pro, or sorry, not Rev Pro. It would have been Trent's place, and I think they they had basically a house attack Pro, and they would have shared talent with um, with OTT. So you got a lot of the same people. So remember, like when um, the Bucks did a tour, they did fight Pro against the pretty strong style, and then they came over and did did over here. But I thought he might have been more funk inspired. But I guess Moxie called dibs on that with the uh, the the cattle iron thing. And, and well, like, but, uh, you go. to hold
0: as well.
1: You also had the um, the uh, Kumate of um, OC wrapping up the the wrists, the callback yeah. to kickboxer and Hot Shots part two. So trying to explain to my that's wife about, say. about you, you, that. You
0: see, you see kickboxer,
1: uh, I see Charlie Sheen. Uh,
0: that's yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I was trying to explain. So it was
1: toffee, and then it was sweeties, you know. But I but in the real one beers. it was glass. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, no, I, the, the aside to the wife.
0: Yeah. in in terms of the the, the finish to, uh it's Orange Cassidy was the the guy to pick up the 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 win, uh, pinning Utah at the end of it. Do you think that this is gonna sort of spell the end for the BCC, or do you think there's a way that they can pick, pick things back up? Because that's that's a, a few losses they've they've suffered, a few high profile losses as a group uh, over the last couple of months, uh, particularly since Danielson's been out the way as well. I uh, think that what what do you think the, the future holds for them as a as a unit?
1: So I'm thinking the way they're doing the OC versus Penta first rather than Mox Penta is it's you know it's time for O C to lose that title and it's time the title needs to stay on somebody you know, top tier before it you know diminishes. So I think it's Moxley takes that international title. He'll bleed all over the world in every corner shop and supermarket with it and Penta'll be next up. Uh, they've had that sort of sub thread of Wheeler, Utah being the wee shits and maybe it's time. I, I don't know what the timeline is for Danielson though, but um, I think Moxie's definitely you know going to be featured still going forward. Whether mm-hmm. they, they drop the other two or they you know you know Wheeler and um, Cesaro and FTR and some tag matches might be tasty. Um, I would like to see Moxie in the in the FTR Punk side because of his uh. The Rocky callback and the stupid idea and all that. There, like, I'm more excited. I'd be more up for a Moxley, Moxley punk than, than Kenny punk at this stage, um, or even Jack Parry and punk or Samoa Joe or even Miro and punk after his uh Miro tweeted well, out I'm... their bottle and stuff. So, uh, well, yeah, see, BCC, I I'm there, not sure.
0: Apparently, the apparently, uh, it's, it's been breaking in the last hour or so. That uh, there was also almost an instant between Punk and Miro as well. So this seems to be—it's going to be a, a running Christ. story. Um, now I want to say that, a if... to be.
2: holy! Uh, so the, yeah, the Redeemer the could start World War Three
1: in an empty room. I'm not joking. <laughs> the Redeemer will save us,
0: and that's it. He, he just keeps interrupting up in this podcast as well with more stuff about him. Right. Uh, so I'll come to you uh, on this one. Uh, in fact, who was about there? But stadium stuff. Uh, yourself Brian, yeah. or Was it you? Yeah, so it was right So, what no, was? What, was, uh, what would uh, you say? Would was the the match of the weekend at all in for the back page? Again,
2: um, I, I don't know if it was absolutely the, the best match, but it's the one I uh, I got the most from, uh, and it's Jericho against Osprey mm-hmm. because I wasn't. I, I don't think many uh, there were were expecting it to be the top one because we weren't sure, can Jericho keep up with Osprey, all this kind of one Uh, and again, it just kind of was booked out of nowhere as well, there was barely any build Um, but a credit to it, they they were excellent and I think it is Jericho's best match since, I'm going to probably go as far back as when he faced Omega uh, at the, the Tokyo Dome, so you're going back what, 2017 on that, on that one, and it's not to say Jericho has not had. Uh, it's not to say that Jericho's had any bad matches in be- in between that, because um, he has had plenty of good ones. One that springs to mind was he had a main event against Moxley about this time uh, last year, uh, I, when Moxley when had, was uh, doing uh, Mox- the, the interim.
0: Ed Moxley and the, the Walls of Jericho for the full advert. Uh uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Aye, that's right. Aye, so that that was one but I think this that's one against Osprey is is his best, uh, and his kind of he's what we're calling his kind of autumn, uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of period of his, his career. And it was and it, the spots in it were excellent. I was just I was watching it again um, just before uh, we came on, here and I was really I was really really impressed uh, by how well they hit the spots. There was course of course the two Hurricane Runners that Jericho hit—the one from the top rope, and then one that he reversed Stormbreaker with—and it was just you know Jericho sh- uh, showing everybody there's still life in the old dog yet kind of think, All right, he's got the he's got the the added comfort of performing with maybe now the best in ring performer uh, currently. but you know Jericho's got to work as hard at it as Osprey does. Um and then there was that fucking German on the apron. Holy shit! That uh, and that was really early on in the match. So they they showed they weren't were hanging about here. They were straight in, going all uh, all in, pun intended. Uh, uh, with it. Um, and I think I I like the kind of story being told in the sense that uh, Jericho was uh, was telling Osprey. Um, I'm not, I'm I'm not I'm not going to let you push the pace. I'm going to push the pace. I don't care that you're twenty years younger than me. I'm the one that's setting the the, the pace here. Um, the only kind of annoying wee bit is, uh, was that storyline wise wasn't Osprey meant to be the heel? It was. That's what I was going
1: to say. Was I was going to say it. It's that you have to be there. Situation in in the building. Tremendous match hold it up Danny any light and it's Osprey, they set him Osprey up with the heel Don Callis but he uh-huh. was in Britain and Jericho had to be turned before it and
2: uh-huh. it was cause, again cause, like it's
1: yeah it's it was a great idea like they, they had this planned out from the Tokyo Dome and they could have done a lot of the Don Callis stuff on TV but they could have just framed this as Don Callis I'm the matchmaker I did it with Osprey or I did it with Omega and Jericho in the dome, I'm going to do it again and I'll get this match signed. And you have Jericho doing all the wee meals and the, you still have the jazz, you know, breakup stuff. And then the turn can be at the contract sign and, and that's instead of the surprise. And, you know, you could have been teasing it and building it. And I think that would have helped, you know, take people's mind off the potential because I'm one of them. that Kenny Osprey is what I thought because, you know, Japan match, mm. Canada match, UK match, you know, seemed the obvious thing. And then they could do a draw. Do the fourth match in Japan again, uh, but yeah, the, the I think there's Jericho's got this sort of biased hate that's sort of similar to, to Hogan and WCW, where that he went there, helped them get big, but then at the sort of end of that yellow and red run before NWO, the, the crowd had turned on him. But to go back to his matches, like his matches with even as recently as Roddy Strong, the matches he had mm. even with Juvie and Nick Cage and the Daddy Kingston match on paper oh, was great, uh, you know. the,
2: the Bandito match that
1: was, from. yeah, yeah. Right. Like it, it's, he's you know, even his Ring of Honor run, like he helped that. Uh, I think that he's just this negative opinion of a lot of podcasters and you know online people have that it's maybe the stuff he does is best for Jericho and it doesn't necessarily, right. you know, where's Andrade and I? How long's it been since Eddie had that match? You know, I've heard people say like, what's he, Danny he Garcia late.
2: doing? You know. I've heard people say like he, he's acting like what J- Jarrett was doing back in the early TNA days, like trying to uh, ride the cup, the cocktails of all the uh, the the young guys back then, back when it was AJ and Christopher Daniels and all that. Like Jarrett was yeah using them to stay relevant, but you know I I I really don't think it's the case. I mean Jarrett was putting these guys over for a start. Jarrett wasn't doing that in TNA.
1: I'm rewatching TNA from the start, 21 years in TNA from following along on different podcasts and some of the stuff they were doing on that show was beyond description but Jeff was uh-huh. the least he wasn't the worst part of it Like, no, <laughs> but I know. Uh, was, the, the stuff something... they were doing but yeah, he certainly
2: uh-huh. um... the, the, They were trying to bring out ICP when back when those guys were directing porn and weird shit like that so yeah, no, he was so, far from the worst thing that was going on
1: The guy in the trash can and he bring the little person that brings the gun and the dub cup and <laughs> I to be honest, it sidetracked in the TNA, but I always thought the the rumor, you know, the, the story was they did pay per views at the start was, you know, every week they were just putting on you know takeover style cards with the available talents. I did not realize they were just booking a bad TV show and trying to sell it every week. It's <laughs> so a misfire in every step, but that's a whole other podcast.
0: But in in terms of the 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 Jericho match and more importantly, I think the fact that you know it's it's Austria that's that's gone over there. Do you think that when Austria's contact comes up, which you two on on Dynamite last week, do you think that AEW is going to be a permanent destination for them? Or I, th- I, think you... be, uh, I think it's going to be. I
2: think it's going to be. I think that it, 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 well, they, they've got Wembley again. That instantly is a puller for them, mm-hmm. and I think the... Uh, I think it is the right way for them I think they, they get them more um, and there's dream matches they're waiting there's uh, there's there's Jay White there's uh, there's I've already seen Orange Car I mean Orange Cassidy from the first Forbidden Boat Door but I'm, I'm not against seeing that again you know there's, there's mocks like Darby I can see I can see him and Darby Allen making doing a lot even of good have, stuff Sam and
1: yeah Aye, like there's those. yeah it's like Osprey has got this label of, of not being particularly bright and he seems to maybe lean into it more than he should but oh and Punk he has so,
2: yeah he's So he's
1: he has previously come out said he doesn't want to live in America and that sort of means I don't want to work for WWE whereas really he should yeah. be you know you play them off against each other because you know, Prime Will Austria walks in there, he's not going through NXT, he's straight to the top of the table and, yeah. and he's he's taking that belt off Seth and he's in with Cody and he's travelled yeah, the world no, and all of that. And, you no know, Ricochet. yeah, he's a there's star. One. Like
0: Aye. they'd
1: make him a star, they'd make him look a star. I sort of thought it's funny they'd sort of almost rebooted him on W on AEW with the sort of it's sort of like the the Kingsman, you know. He starts off as a young chav and then becomes a sort of elevated suit Aye. guy by the end of it. You know, that's but, what he is in New Japan is the, is the, you know, the ultra Nick Aldis, you know, the top level suit guy. You know, but he was he was out looking like an extra in a porno, like you know, bringing something he, out of stains in the L E G movie. Was he was he <laughs> like
0: proper over in the stadium? Like I, I I I don't know if it's just because you know. I'm kind of removed from the the British bubble and and whatnot, but does where the English fans, more so than maybe the Scottish fans were there, but where they, like, proper losing their shit for Lost 3 being there, as you you Honestly, yeah, Yeah.
1: huge. Uh AEW, you've seen it online, AEW have messed up his theme song, like, two or three times, and the few times he's been there, they played the right song, and the crowd were singing it. Like, that's not just you know, neckbeard, and Japan, you know, like there's more of us than you think. Like people knew him, they were pumped for him. Mm-hmm. It's a no brainer. They sign him. They have the British star, they have Wembley. They do spray Omega then. They have him in a title match by then. Six I months time. Off... No, no. It's
2: no brainer. Think... He goes there. Like... I actually hope it's Osprey Park, Because like, if there's anybody in this weekend, I was gutted for his pack. Because mm-hmm. prior, to, prior to Osprey, he was the big UK star. The AW had, and I was really got we didn't get to see him. I could, if I I'm thinking long-term booking here, I'm thinking Pac and, and Osprey have a big, big feud he- heading out to next year at Wembley, because Pac can have all this bitterness and resentment that uh, the Osprey had the, the, was the UK star that got the big uh, match while he was at home injured or whatever.
1: If they don't do that, they can have Pac versus and really. <laughs> play up that same story. Uh, okay. I sort of wonder if Pac taking the OC international title was a thing and the injury didn't happen uh, that I happens. That, but, well, That was my, uh, that it, was my been dream interesting match see, for him. But...
0: It'd been interesting to see if everything on TK's spreadsheet had played out. You know, everything that he'd initially had planned before there was issues with the Phoenix, before there was issues with Pac and Danielson and all that kind of thing. Even AR Fox. That, but, hey.
1: Yeah, like I, I said to the wife today and we were talking about it, like I hope he I hope he's writing the book and he keeps his spreadsheet and he writes down what he thought and you know in twenty years time if any of us are still kicking around you can look back and go, Oh yeah, that's what would have happened if Punk hadn't have dove into the the, the reels and broke his leg or you sort of mm-hmm. wonder, people sort of complain about the women's wrestling and uh one of the things when you watch it and you're at that view and you see the women's match come on and you see people flooding out and it's like mm-hmm. you can't nah, people awesome. aren't you know, but how much of that was ruined by, you know, no one's mentioned yet Mercedes Monet, you know, her injury. What would that have done for the outcast dynamic? What would have happened if Jamie Hater didn't get injured? Uh another one you talk about injuries and being gutted for, I don't think I've been as gutted about a Wembley missed three injury since uh, Northern Ireland's own Steve Morrow took a, a backdrop from Tony Adams in the ninety three League Cup final and missed the, the FA Cup final f- for Arsenal against uh, Sheffield Wednesday, but she, apparently, there were stalls to be Jeez, made. And, oh, yeah. Follow the deep cuts <laughs> and Easter eggs. But, um, yeah, her missing out, like, you know, the place would have went wild when that music hit. Like, Jamie's over. She got herself over in America, the next to no fans, and they put the Tyler on her. Mm. And, you know, if, what's that that's four-way the, not look like if you've right. got that dynamic and you're not, you know, rumored with page like, It must have been the, the long term choice in that one. At some point that had to implode, like and that may have imploded in a, in the a four-way with the other two, as they imploded as well, so you got to cut right. them some slack on what could have been, you know, and I think we got alright in the end, you know.
0: Cool, cool. Well, we'll wrap up the, the back page section here, and I think as much as the stadium stampede uh, match had a lot of highlights, uh, my, the, the jericho Austin match was my second favourite of the show, in fact, third favourite of the show, I think uh from, from going to the I uh, a bit of a watch back the other day. Uh so I'm gonna give the, the back page to Steve on this occasion and the headline's gonna be Where there's a will, there's a Wembley way for general. Uh, so we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Uh now for the the, the, the page see, I think you guys will get the same uh thing here. So uh, it would be remiss uh, of us not to mention uh, the, the man who uh, we all hoped and wanted uh, to, to see come out at Wembley, uh, and that is none other than Graham Steve Lee. Gredo. Uh, so for Page 3, you guys both uh, mentioned the, the, the titillation around the speculation about Gredo actually being on the show. What was the thing he's wanted to talk about? So, Brian, you, you kick us off there. What, what was it you wanted to mention on that?
1: Yeah, like I said, Two years ago was on the main show, and you could you know if you could be bothered you could cut the footage in like it was I was telling him of famine up then if he gets it ready and he lays off the AEW watches there's no way tony can doesn't have him in like he kicked this off I'll stand by that against any you know i c w person it's great brought a lot of the people to the dance and kept the motivation going and totally should be there uh you know from a page three point of view. Uh, i love as a as a girl dad we've progressed from what page three used to be uh <laughs> but it still has the uh, cultural significance to hold a, a spot in this but um i still remember my daughter started p3 today and i can still remember being the the working class hero that i am in p3 the look on mr reed's face when i brought in copies of the sun newspaper to use for the the painting class to protect the tables with the uh, full frontal teenage nudity, which was commonplace at the time. But uh, in page three now, they've, they've shifted in class and they basically what they want to do is have a, a bit of titillation, bit of gossip between uh, rivals. And that's an excuse to showcase some uh, attractive pictures. So the headline and the titillation is uh, we get pictures of both Madonna and uh, a topless Grado, moves <laughs> out and all. Uh, because the headline is obviously TK as billionaires don't always get their way and can't always get Madonna. And that's seems to be like a, a recurring feud in, in wrestling is Grado versus Madonna. Uh, Billy Corgan couldn't get it done. Uh, they couldn't get away with a, a knockoff uh, like uh, Dalton Castle seemingly yeah. can get away with. But uh, I would have been the meme crying guy if, 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 um, if like a prayer would have hit and, um, while we're all here, is our boy Grado, and it was it was beautiful to see him there. And I know him. it was on and off, and the the noise and the drop and the no podcast after the Jeff Jarrett thing. It was, I think it was late in the day it got confirmed, but uh, I knew Tony can had a brain and wouldn't not do it. Uh, mm-hmm. and maybe next year he's in the the Big Daddy Battle Royale and, and wins it with Madonna in the the Joker spot. But yeah, the titillation is Madge versus versus Graham and uh, moves out for the boys. But yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment, great great to see, and, and hopefully he can he can capitalise on it and make a bit more money. Uh, well, I saw well, on Facebook, guys, he's with a go-go, like so.
0: Well, were both of you guys uh, in position but uh, in your seats when uh, when Javik came out? Did, were you suddenly run back in for oh, the yeah. And...
1: yeah. I'm an early guy. I have pictures of me at my first Arsenal game, and I'm the only person in the stadium. I want to <laughs> be in and, and soak it up and... Same same as the guy that's at the airport two hours early. I was primed and ready, and had an inkling it was going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure Rob or Great or Rob or uh, John either. the made it to it, which is a shame. But uh, great to say you, you were there when it happened. And yeah, and please like, form. And when Jarrett was out, like it wasn't just like Scotch people say, going
2: great or great. It was it was everybody. It was a populace. Like, the guy, the guy next to me was, was saying, "Yeah, it's quite hard, and it's quite hard." And yeah, it was. It was when his when his name lit up. Oh, just fucking up. brilliant! eye. I, yeah, yeah I, it was. Uh, the, you had to surgically remove the smile from my face. I was just instantly happy for him. And I was me and uh, Brons Sherlock were messaging each, uh, messaging each other, and at the exact same time, messaged the exact same message to each other. So so happy for him. Uh, so yeah. so happy for him. We were just uh, delighted, and it was just so great that it's it's like seeing the, the reason why Gredo is so loved, particularly by us guys. Um, he's like senior best mate become like the top striker for Celtic, Rangers, Scotland, Man United, Liverpool. That's that's who Greedy is. He's the he's the working class hero. Like Gredo feels like a, a guy that I, I was in school with. He feels like a guy I've known since I was I was six years old because mm. well, we are, well we are the same the same age. I'm pretty much from but born only thirty miles apart. Um, and he's he still keeps his his local roots despite you know all the success he's had in he, in his life and how famous he now is, particularly in Scotland. He's still that that lad from uh, from the top end of Stevenson. He doesn't forget his roots. He's still a a family man. Still hangs about with all the uh, the fellas he grew up with on a daily
1: basis you know and you can't say the appeal to Grado like you don't get wrestling you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. as simple as that like he is relatable I, I think I'm a, a Grado variant like I'm just a couple of years older and didn't have the internet access to be the mark online that he was you know <laughs> I've been on Talk TalkSport for an interview like it's you know he's um, CBD and IBS I'm you know THC and Crohn's like you know it's it's just another side of the coin Uh, but yeah it was it was great and the thing of Grado is that you have to be there a moment. Like when you're watching it, it mm. takes you back to that, your wins and losses and that kid in you that you're not looking at the, well, if he wins by this, right. by a, a pinfall then his ranking, you know, you're not in that. It's that moment. And, he makes and you, want to he makes it makes you feel that. Like you just want to go easy, easy. You know, it's it's right. Big Daddy. It's it's whatever. Like that just lingers. It's, right. it's like and that's the... why I say the, the stuff's on Facebook, you know, with a go, I haven't saw it on Twitter. And it's because Grados for the Mars He's for the past. He's for the youngins. Like, you know, it's, take that family bash to belfast i go see it. it's like you know it's it's he needs to make more money than he does because i think he's you know a bigger star than he thinks and uh hopefully yeah. he hears this and uh he knows we all appreciate just, him and uh, happy for him like i don't think it's just the star power of him it's the
0: the late ability as well i mean again totally if you, yeah, listen, totally. To, if you mm-hmm. listen to last week's show i did a week kind of five minute tribute sort of thing as to why i thought he should be getting booked and whatnot and it was no know G- uh, chat GPT assisted for for some of it, uh, just for for speed's sake. But I've I've said it before and, and I'll say it a hundred times again. If it wasn't for Gredo, uh showing me that as somebody that's overweight, not the most athletic, but his passion and is driven for it, I would never have set foot in the wrestling ring uh, myself. You know, not not that I made any great strides in the in the the Belfast wrestling scene, but mm-hmm. the, the time that I spent in it. It would never have happened, and we're seeing that
2: influence that he's got kicking in. I think didn't Ravey Davies say that uh, uh, Gredo is what made him what uh, a better wrestler as well, and I think Jason Reed as well. So he's already uh, we're already seeing that that
1: generational influence that Gredo has now has. Exactly.
0: Exactly. He's and a even... pioneer
1: as well. Like he got himself over through the internet, that got him booked and all, all of that, and and came up through the documentary. Like none of us are on this podcast without him. Like you know, oh, I... and you've done more than the most of us. Chris, I'd love to run the ropes. Like you know, just to say I have. And well, um, you know, well, I can't it's... even run a
0: bath for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's one of the best things that I've ever done, and as I say, it. Not not only Grado, but guys that I know that Grado's fought over here as well. Again, I don't know, Steve, what your uh, your knowledge of the, the Irish wrestling scene is, but there's a, a fellow over here called uh, Justy uh, who uh, does a lot of stuff, uh, mainly down south, but he works with very, very Titanic wrestling as well. And he's, he's probably the closest to uh, a Grado equivalent in terms of, uh, you know, the, the comedy side of wrestling, but he's also a very, very good wrestler. Uh and I know that he and Grado had, had a couple of matches a, a few years back as well, uh, and I'd, I'd love to be able to say to the, the book of the Titanic, get Justy over, uh, so they get Gredo over, get him against Justy, on a, a Titanic show because I think it, it would it would sell out Community Centre no. <laughs> in no time Mark at all. Dallas, if you're
1: <laughs> listening. Yeah, Come it's on. one of the it's one of those like, I've seen Justy plenty at OTT and he he's totally one of my favorites. Another guy, Be Cool as well. Yeah, Barry Nasty. Like has some of the stuff they did, the promos ahead of the field scrapping mainly were hilarious. But Justy, yeah, he can go both. He could go each play straight. And obviously, sometimes it's difficult when you have a comedy guy versus a comedy guy. But I, I think it was Puma King versus Justy at a show in Cork that also had Pack versus Speedball and Darby and MGF were on it. Mm. And that opener with Justy and Puma King is like one of my favourite matches I've ever been live for. Just funny. He came out with the cape and the you new know, near the entrance. He has it all down, he has his gear, he invested in himself, he's he's a funny guy and he's he's winning in life as well, if you see how, how well he's punching with uh this lovely missus. Indeed. Um indeed tremendous but, guy. I you know, I would be on my N W A Scotland. If we ever revisited that with Rab, I'd be looking justy. Tremendous. Yeah uh, but
0: but my wrestling career peaked in pretty much my first match because I was I was against uh, I was in a tag team gauntlet match. Uh, my tag team partner was Billy Bedlam, and I was in the last round of it against Justy and Phil Boyd. Uh, so two of the two of the, the sort of the best of the best of the the, the Irish scene uh, and Billy as well. we uh, Did you get fish hooked? Did you? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get fish hooked, but I got no. uh, I got double power bombed. I uh, uh, almost got Spike Kyle driven as well, which was nice. Yeah, so nice we could do anyway. a
1: full podcast on your career retrospective and no,
0: watch no, along it these. Be, it would be fifteen minutes, about fifteen minutes at the, in the middle or something. But anyway, it's Grado that we were looking to stick out there, not my, my my failed attempts at being like Gredo. uh But certainly, you know, he's more than worthy of uh, of being in this week's staff sheet and whatever position we put him in. But we'll put him in as page three. Uh, and yeah, in fact, Steve, I was just going to ask you as well before I have a on the Gradle stuff. You had said earlier you'd listened to his interview with the end of the show, Tom, Tom Campbell, uh, earlier yep. on today. Uh, was there any sort of nuggets or tidbits that you got from that that maybe Dab and John will feel a bit aggrieved that they didn't manage to get out of, out of Grado?
2: Um Well, I don't want to give away too much in case they may, they might do the main show this week and Gradle wants to talk about it. I know it's a big if right now. Um, the um he revealed that he didn't know he, he didn't get full confirmation it was happening until late as thursday
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, he was gonna he, he he was gonna fly down and then get a uh, get a rental car back but he, because he didn't he, he doesn't travel but with his uh, driving license he, they couldn't get my car so he then had to he then had to fly back in, instead um but he had, yeah, I'm going to butcher a, a funny story here. But he had a big tub of broke uh, broke cream with him, which they wouldn't let him board with, so it held him up for ten minutes, and he missed his fucking flight because of it. And he was going, "No, I've got a radio show on Monday morning to do, fuck's sake!" And back in Glasgow, so um, I there uh, there was that. But, t- but speaking about how universally beloved, a grade was Tom Campbell. Had a campaign running in yeah. in cultaholic hashtag BookGredo. I mean, cultaholic is certainly in the UK seen the biggest uh, sort of wrestling YouTube uh, channel. They had they were giving Gredo his, his full back in the. I mean, and there's there's a channel that um, has connections with the whole British British scene. Um, uh, they could have picked any British wrestler to try and talk Tony Khan uh, around to, to booking but they chose Grado because they, like us, recognised that it was Grado that brought the, the British scene back, back to prominence. It's Grado that is universally loved by fans and it's Grado that is the guy that deserves us the most.
0: Yeah, he definitely got his flowers in, in Tom and the, the team at Cutlerholic were a big part of it. I listened to the interview earlier on as well. Uh, and, you know, even from watching like Tom's uh, tweets and some of the Cutlerholic stuff over the last week, he did a great job in, in getting... Uh, getting that coverage, uh, or getting the, the kind of the final push uh, to get Gredo on, and even at the start of the interview, Gredo says, "You know, a big chunk of it is down to Tom." So, so well played, Tom. Thanks for for doing yeah, everything I, that you did there.
1: Uh, I think Chris Jericho heard me on the podcast two years ago, and that's <laughs> where it's come from. To be honest, I need my flowers as well. <laughs> well, well, we all well, we, we hey, all did we all did a bit. Everyone we'll, apart from the other podcast. And, <laughs> and like, all, like we've
2: we've I hope. I hope Triple H feels stupid for not uh, bringing grade into NXT UK. I really hope. I, I really hope that uh, he, he, he saw that and said, oh, "Shit, I fucked up there."
0: I,
1: it, I wonder it, if uh, Stephen Regal saw that he wasn't on Wembley and aye. thought that himself.
0: <laughs> I, it's been interesting that again. You know, as as we spoke earlier on about you know looking at TK's uh, spreadsheet, it's been interesting to see what a. Uh, uh, an NXT UK spreadsheet would have had if, like when they had, were picking out the the first draft of of the British wrestling scene, if Credo would have been on it, or if Credo would have been on the radar of anyone before. you sort of kiboshed it, uh, but I've headline for page PhD on this. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a simple. It's AEW yourself, uh, and, and tribute to, to Credo there. So we're gonna go as we normally do, from page three to the TV pages. But this week's TV pages, it's, it's, it's going to be tinged with a wee bit of sadness, but we're looking to, to sort of find the joy uh, in the sadness, as we, as we mentioned earlier on, and if you're any sort of an excellent fan, you'll be well aware uh, that then about this time last week, uh, uh, Wyndham the Thunder, Bray Wyatt, uh, sadly passed away at the age of 36 uh, from a heart attack, uh, which as I slightly believe was, uh, was exacerbated. Uh, his heart issues uh, with COVID. Uh, Obviously, Terry Funk died last week as well. And I think, you know, for maybe the the generations kind of before me, I I wasn't a massive Terry. I'm not in the the knowledge about Terry Funk as much as as I probably should be as a wrestling fan. Uh, So his death is one of those ones that, you know, every year, I've I've said this to a a few people this week, Every year, you kind of go into the new year expecting to at least five wrestlers, You know, to pass away during the year. It's usually Hogan. Hogan and Flair are usually my, my top ones that they come to mind on that. And then, you know, you get your Teddy Biasis, those kind of guys as well. And Terry Funk's probably one that you think, you know, he's up there in age, this is going to be the year for them. So, as sad as it was for Terry Funk's passing and the legacy that he left behind, uh, it was more a sort of like when he went, it was I think it was a time for people to reflect on his achievements, not just as a hardcore wrestler, but as a legitimate new grappler as well. Uh, I'll say
2: about Terry Funk if I can. Um, yep, he seemed to be like one of those universally loved guys. Like he was one of those ones that was nice and polite to every fan and every wrestler that looked to uh, looked to get advice from him. And he was. Um, I'll say there was a, a really super f- uh, funny guy. Cody alluded to that, and he's and his tribute to him uh, on SmackDown is one of those guys that always uh, knew how to make you make you laugh, and um, and we also I think the I think the, the the biggest knowledge I've got of Terry Funk is that he pretty much made ECW like Paul Heyman credits that um, he he said in the, the ECW documentary all those years back saying there was no ECW without Terry Funk. Mm -hmm. because he was the guy that decided to be unselfish during selfish times. He he looked at Shane Douglas and Sabu and says, I'll put both of them over.
1: Yeah, on on Terry Funk, I'm sort of similar. And I know Roadhouse, retrospectively, Terry Funk was in, and my first exposure was he's this chainsaw made of McFoley's, but total respect Mm -hmm. for the name and know what he's done in the, the path he paved. I think he's one of those that have that... Reality that most of his career was outside of WWE, so he's not featured in the mm. in the conversations because they're driven by the documentaries. But you know, on paper, you look at it and what he achieved, and the, the mm-hmm. as you say, ECWs at the end, and he's learning to do a moonsault in his fifties, like what he did with the NWA and the whole way through in Japan. He's he is in the greatest of all time conversation if you're talking to the, the people with the education and not just. rest on WWE. Um, this was a mind blowing start.
2: He was he wrestled on the very first All Japan card. Wow, well, the stuff he's done! Like I say, the, the book he could and have had, like. Yeah, uh, and he's the only guy ever that's wrestled on All Japan, New Japan, WCW, ECW, WWE, TNA, uh, and about another like fifteen. Yeah.
1: He was
2: every company
1: he ever. I think his health had been bad for the past few years and his wife had passed as well. And I'm sure at one point they would have loved to just have had him at an AW show in the ring just Mm -hmm. to say he was there. And, you know, he certainly was there all over the card at at Wembley. Punk was doing Funker spots and, Mm -hmm. you know, Kingston and Mox as well. Like his legacy will, will go on and say, yeah, funny guy. And also, like, a lot of people as well. It, it's the, you know, it's the 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 Bret Hart retirement match, you know, in the in the documentary. <laughs> and I'm not book Terry and all that, you know. That's you know, remember that. And like, one of the famous well, things is the forever quote. Have you heard the, You know, the forever, oh, forever. Yes. That's from like oh, a ni- yeah. that's from like a 1984 retirement in Japan. Like, you know, he he was going like and and you wonder how <laughs> how long he he would have would have could have went. Uh, but yeah, sad sad passing for Funk and absolute yeah. legend. I mean, and that's the be, that's the, the, probably does it better than me.
0: Oh, I used to try be... to. There'll be will countless other attributes that are, that are better than we, we are capable of doing from those that knew him. But it's that that, kind of, me thing Brett? About, it's that kind of thing about the the continual uh, retirements that he had. You know that that's the, the thing that kind of sticks with me on it. You know, just a guy that that he could never give the business up. Although although the business tried to give up on him a couple of times in terms of his health mm. and whatnot, he never wanted to give up. Uh, and I say, you know, by all, all accounts, it sounds like he, he went out fighting on there. Uh, but what what I was saying before you, you came in with your tributes there, Tim, was that while uh you know, Terry Funk was someone that had a, a ten year history in wrestling and had all those retirements and whatnot and had built up decades and decades worth of work, uh, Bray Wyatt wasn't so fortunate on that, you know, and that's that's why it hit me just that that'd be bit harder than Funk's. And that he's a guy two years younger than myself, family, beautiful kids, all, I think, under the age of like six or seven, that he's leaving behind on that. And even in... Uh, just, just just the similarities with uh, the passing of Brodie Lee as well, in terms of, you know, young family left behind, underlying health issues, not the, the standard, and I hate to use that term, the standard wrestling death of, you know, drug misuse, excess... Lifestyle, that kind of thing, just his, his body given on him, uh, mm. and the the fact that it's you know, and, I, and again, Brian, you'll probably relate to this as well. The and I think you said it in the in the Discord chat about the the mortality of fatherhood. You know, it's it's that kind of thing that kind of hits home the fact that you know, he was just a a young guy, just like us. You know, he might have been a a superstar in the world of wrestling, but at, at the base, he was he was a, a guy in his mid thirties with a you know with, with a family that, that he loved because the they looked up to him a wife that uh that, that he's left behind as well and it's it's just, it's just incredibly sad more than anything uh, that, it is it's it's, it's a
1: tragedy like as i said the mortality thing once you get become a parent you suddenly it's never aware. like there it's it's a it's a thing and you know mm-hmm. talk to people if you need to and obviously this isn't a situation with prayer but um you know, to leave so many young kids behind and, and the young wives and there's no consolation because they've sold them a ton of Funko Pops. They're not gonna see their dad again and it's brutal. The the Lee stuff broke me beyond like what I ever imagined. A, a wrestler would, you know, to make me feel and like I hadn't been ride or die with the Hubert Boy Two character from Chicara and all that stuff. It was you know, I I saw this man on T V and and what he went through in, in that job and it was it was that struggle and the, the kids behind and it was, it was brutal. And I, I thought if I see Eric Rowan red beard, holding up a sign, I will blow my eyes out. Like, it's just mm. truly sad that, that it happened. And, you know, we can get into, you know, the, the pros and cons of, of, of everything he did in the ring, like it appeals in, in significance to, you know, to, to anything that has happened. And, um, I never saw what WWE did but hopefully they're you know they're able to, to pay the, the tribute he deserves and it was nice that you new know, AEW put out comments and, and TK has got people can go off to the funeral and hopefully everyone can be there and it can be as sort of as, as joyous as the, the Jay Briscoe thing is. Uh I could not tell you the last yeah. Arsenal player I know that died. Uh actually uh, Antonio Reyes, Spanish guy. But I mean like you know how many many dead wrestlers you know? I play I play the old retro board game and it's like with my daughter and it's like, she sets earthquake away. Cause you know, he's not alive anymore. Like, and there's so many of them that are not alive anymore. Uh, and to, to lose this one, like, you know, a healthy stud athlete that's you know, bred for the business and it, you know, the, the heart gives out cause of some, you know, COVID thing that's, you know, caught so many of us and the sort of like that sort of slasher killer, like, you know, you think you've beat it and then, clause you back. Like he, there was talk of him coming back. That's he fine. did come back. He was he was let go when he was ill, but he you know he was back and he came back and they had the white rabbit and the QR codes and the buzz was there and I guess truly really, truly really tragic. Like he was you know, say everything about the promos and character, but he was he was all inspiring and he brought people to the ring and brought people on the journey, whether they all paid off or not. But um yeah, That's tremendously the... sad for his whole family and
0: I think that's the thing that that'll be his legacy was the, the way that he drew fans and uh, to wrestling. You know, it was his creativity more than anything that uh, that, that appealed to people. Uh, and it was uh, again relating this back to the TV pages. He, he, he developed some of the most creative bits of wrestling television. Maybe not so much in terms of actual ending matches, but his segments, his promos, his verbiage, and the, the development of different characters at different stages in his career. It, you, you couldn't not be touched by it. You could it, it, you couldn't not have a, an emotion attached to it. I mean Steve, I'll come to you on this. What what would if you were uh to, to recommend to someone that had never seen Bray Wyatt before, what would be the thing that you would say to them you'd need to watch this this sort of footage of him.
2: Elim- Elimination Chamber twenty fourteen, um the Shield versus the Wyatt family. Maybe the match that brought me back to wrestling, mm. um, because I I got fed up with it around two thousand eight nine time when they were doing all that um celebrity uh, guest hosting Raw every week. Pish! I I'd, I'd, I'd thrown in the towel by then, but then the start started twenty fourteen. The Daniel Bryan Yes Movement stuff was happening, um, and I decided to you know, you know, start going into again, and I remember staying up to watch Elimination Chamber 2014, because I was excited about what, what was going on, and I hadn't, really, I hadn't seen either faction wrestler match yet, and, eh, uh, blew me away, what a fucking match, still maybe in my, in my estimation, is the greatest six-man tag ever, and, eh, uh, eh, uh, Bray in particular really caught my eye because um, he was he was the at that time the breath the breath of fresh air WWE was needing. He was a guy with a unique look um, and you know had that kind of quirky and, and strange uh, mannerisms uh, and he knew how to, he knew perfectly how to walk the crowd and how to, and how to engage them. Um, because I think that was also the same night he uh, debuted the the, rev- the the crab walk, Aye. the reverse crab walk there, the uh, which got the Zoidberg walk. Thing, some people call I think that was the first night he did that, and that, that just made me go, "Holy shit! What is this, man? This is this is the stuff that they've been missing for donkeys years." And I think just the White family as a whole, like it was so good to see something different. Three scruffy guys, big. Big guys, but you know, long, long beards and scruffy look. Because I, I get fed up with chippendale uh, way. With uh Chippendale chiselled models getting flung at me every every week. that were fresh out of uh, FC uh, FCW. You know, like guys I was never going to uh, look like that. Like whereas well, the White family, those were guys that do you know what? Like those are guys that are a million miles away from looking looking at me, and they're beating the piss out of everybody that's put in their in their way. Every weekend and one SmackDown and uh and then he, he right on the back of that he, he goes into the feud with Cena, uh, which he should have won at WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, well that's that, that's neither here nor there. But so, yeah, he was he was the, the the real um he was the breath of fresh air creatively um that WWE needed at, at that time. And and you are just talking about like you are both dads. I'm not. Uh, hopefully will be one day soon. Um, That's definitely the, the tragic part. He's left behind two very young kids um, that they're not going to get to see in the flesh what how how good and how talented their dad da is. And as well, uh, you're noticing the outpouring from the WWE locker room. This is probably the saddest since I, arguably Eddie Guerrero, from yeah. the WWE standpoint. I think he's the um,
0: first active lost roster, the guy to die since Scavo, I think. Uh, well,
2: well, apart, apart from them, they the name redacted. Um, right. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's really sad. Becky's promo last night, how emotional she was. Um, Seth Rollins, he was really cut up because he was because that was one of his best pals, and on top of it all, you know still fresh from the loss of Brody as well. I mean, and Braun Strowman and Derek Rowan. My God, my heart goes out to the two of them because yeah. they they must they must be so surreal for them right now and so heartbreaking. But, uh, and then, let's not forget, part of a wrestling family. Um, you know, I, he, he, his dad was IRS. I think it's yeah. something, I still don't I don't think we mentioned that enough. And Barry Wyndham was his uncle
1: and both. He's named his after, brother. like Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah, It's it's, it's, it's almost
0: like and again I'm not not saying this to denigrate anything of like that, but I always thought Wyndham with the Thunder sounded like somewhere the IRS would have wrestled in the eighties. You know, <laughs> I,
2: you, I always thought it it sounded like a, a seaside town in Essex or something like that. Aye. <laughs> but the, like, the Wyndham, rip <laughs> the, 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 Wyndham with the Thunder.
0: the Wyndham the Tundra you know, like <laughs> if there was a if it was like a physical like WWE like WWE Hall of Fame place or anything like that, the Wyndham, the Tundra would be the ideal name for like a, 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 the venue in it or something like that. it be their hotel, so, casino.
1: So. They could do their Hall of Fame in. <laughs> uh, like I said, just, just on, on the, the talents. What... Yeah, exactly. So I, I just I dug out, uh, I don't know if you can put the link in the, the show notes or not, but the best promo, Bray Wyatt, and it comes up London and it sort of encapsulates it all of Bray Wyatt. It's a show we actually went to. Uh, it has the Fireflies. It has the whole world in his hands. It has stuff now on the rewatch. It sort of resonates. He talks about about how you go to sleep and that's when the voices come out and all the problems and in your head you're a superhero. When you want vengeance, you want payback. He ties it into payback and the actual pay per view is coming up and his opponent John Cena. He sets up luke harper for the main event on the night that was cena harper uh with usos and bray and Brian and uh, eric rowan on the outside he sets that up at some point in it he loses them and they do the what and then he brings them back in and they're all singing and it's just that image and it's london and i was there my wife was there we brought a red camping lantern and we are like I know our light is in the back corner, the far bit. We were right pretty much behind the the curtain. And that's what Bray Wyatt was. WWE can cut out all of the nonsense in six weeks of TV that when you watch a pay-per-view, everything's immaculate. They'll strip out all of the nonsense we remember, the black box, the goo, the Randy Orton shaving his face halfway between a pre-tape and a live match. That'll all come out, and you'll be left with what stacked up. And this is a guy that brought people to the arena, that shifted merch to connect with people. Like we flew out there, and I, I looked at, I looked at the card for that show today, and I could only remember Paige and Alicia Fox were in it, and Bray and and Harper. And watching it back and seeing Bray and Harper in the, in the videos is heartbreaking, but the taste of Seth Rollins on that show and if you told me that I would that's a pointless answer because I didn't remember that for a second I remembered Bray and I remembered Soraya Page Fox cuz Fox was in our crazy get up mode uh but it was Bray and that's what connects and he had it he had it with the Firefly Funhouse the you talk about matches the Yes movement the Daniel Bryan cage and the reveal and a lot of the yeah. promos you know they go off and they don't have this and that and you can strip it back and it was there and and i always wonder if he had done a conrad podcast after he was fired and you could get that what was your ideas and how did he change them you know what was it going to be and how did he change it like the the fiend lore of the you know the fiend defiles out there like you know lived and died on it and created their own headcanon like what was it meant to be what could it have been you know and it, it when he came back with the mr rogers you know the dual personality thing that like, Bose is, is could have been a perfect body double. They could have had something where they had, you know, the, the cloud, the distance between us at the same guy, you know, but they rushed it and jumped into it, and you know, I think he just kept presenting them with good ideas that never, you know, quite got where they were. You know, the exploding TV and the ghost child with you know, Ambrose and Cena, and you know, they, they were all there, like, you know, but, you know, he shifted merch, and, and he was a captivating, charismatic guy, like... I think he's
2: going to go down as one of those guys as well. that had one of the all time best looks and attires of of all time. Uh, one of the most beautiful uh, moments and memories I'm going to have from uh, Wembley. and I, I don't know if you saw this, Brian. Uh, there was uh, just at the end of the pre show, um, there was two guys walking around the, the floor, and they uh, they walked in front of my section. One was dressed. Uh, immaculately as the fiend with a lantern and all, and the other one was the, the first incarnation of the Bray Wyatt um, where they did the rocking chair thing, and everybody in that whole section uh, burst out a rendition of he's got the whole world in his hands, and it was a really beautiful moment, so I think if there's maybe one kind of comfort we can get all, of of all this is that he's going to have one of the, the all-time most memorable looks in the history of wrestling up there with like with Taker, Macho Man, Brett. Um I think he's he might be in the top ten for like most memorable kind of uh, looks and attires that we've seen
1: as Absolutely. well. Absolutely it's he's, it's he's got that kind of legacy. It's toy It's is the word it's it's a phrase like and he is, yeah. he has. Like a, it pegged warm a while in the in the local B and M, but I regret not buying <laughs> One of the Bray Wyatts that had the wee husky husky pig. Uh, you talk about sort of <laughs> when you got into it. Uh, we sort of came back to wrestling uh, with then it was like the week after Nexus debuted. So like I'd seen the later on incarnation of um, Husky Harris and then the Punk Pipe Bomb. He he's actually wearing a Nexus uh, armband like that was in flight. He had just been whipping those boys his initiation so, yeah. and it all got dropped and he went back, but. You know, he bounced back from that he, he's you know he's 36 and you think when he did to go into nxt like it so was 14, 13 years ago like you know me, you know I'm so like he, he had that. so much ahead of him um but he achieved know, so much and you sort of also have that regret of what else could he have achieved i know people I I know. turn this into a shoot on 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 creative it wasn't his fault like but yeah, like i remember I my I wife I've... bought the merch you know we bought the lantern we bought you know that brought us to the show you know and that's the important mm-hmm. thing. Not Necessarily, the bell so this, ringing like he believed it that, until you didn't, you know. It's a bit the sad
2: to me. It's like he's the same age as me. that fucking blows my mind. But also, and I know this is a really little selfish to say, but it pisses me off that we're not going to see him against, uh, say, uh, Damien Priest or, yeah, um, or like, or if there was going to be a eventual WWE or AEW crossover. Like him against say Malachi Black or something like that because that they've been gold. It's
1: and the stage is great though, isn't it? You know you not get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get the that's you know that's the anger stage. You know it, it's the end of sort of thinking like, you know, why did they fire him when he was sick? You know why did he need to come back and mm. and the stuff that you missed out on? You think, oh, the box they did with his book in here and then they had Wheel and Mercy ready to go and you know like. You, could have been more, and you know, even the, the stuff of yeah. Harper is real sad. The career he never had because of them, and, and the chance he got, and then is taken away. And then Bray's on this trajectory of coming back, and you know, clearly over. Like they, they teased him coming back on some QR code and did massive rating, and then it didn't happen. And then they were like, Well, we didn't tease it, but you know, the fans just the, the idea of Bray Wyatt was enough to, to turn ratings around, you know, and yeah. and what they could have had with the right sort of. Diligence and focus is the real, the loss. But yeah, that promo, the London one, is it's got the, the fireflies. It's got the the whole world in his hand. The, the crowd singing that, you know, the, the back they all in. I, I sort of I don't know if you got time to watch the pre-show, but Bray, you know, you talk about the WWE loss and that. Like it's it's a loss for them all. Like the wrestlers are all one family. They're not WWE roster and AW roster. They're all mates, you know, and they all hurt. Um, Renee had a lovely line yeah. that she said quoted from Bray and I sort of wish there could have been just maybe a brief pause at some point as a cooling down period or a break in the show where Renee could have relayed that quote to the people there that this is about love of wrestling and you know that and then let it breathe for a second and we would have sang we would have sang you know Tony didn't have to get the band and play this old thing the crowd would have sang and they could have let us all do it because yeah it broke out the, the lights came on and it broke out a few times like it started to go and then Sting's music hit and it's like you know we were ready to go. We wanted you know it would have been cathartic and nice for the wrestlers. I I didn't even see House of Black had some white lanterns and I know FTR had the the Jay Brody and and uh, Harper or grey armbands. Like so it he he was seen like but yeah it would have it been nice if if we all could have got it in on that. But it was some nice moments when it did break out mm-hmm. at all and.
0: Well, from those tributes that were paid in thing, uh, uh, all in and across uh, the WWE program this week, I tribute here to uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, just, you know, we, there's countless things that you could look up to go and watch. So just type Bray Wyatt into YouTube and in the network and just fill your boots on it. I think one one of my personal favorites was the uh, the the pandemic the WrestleMania John Cena thing, just because it was batshit crazy. Uh, I went back and watched that the other night there. Uh, and even, you know, watching the, the, the Mountain Dew pitch black match again, you know, it is as divided as, as the match itself may have been just the, the creativity on it in terms of the putting together of it with the with the fluorescent bits and bobs going on it, the change of mask, the change of character that he was looking to put as well. Uh and it just it just showed that he's he's his creativity and his potential. Uh seemingly had no bounds at that time but unfortunately uh, with his passing uh, that creativity has uh, has been put to bed along with him as well uh, but listen guys uh, this has been uh, this week's Staff Sheet, uh, Steve thanks very much for coming on uh, Brian thank you to yourself as well uh, hopefully uh, the, the memories that he's made it all in uh, over the weekend, we'll stay with you for the good while to come, and for everyone else that's been listening uh, to, to this week's show, uh, we hope you keep, however you, you have your wrestling this week, keep it daft, keep it cheating and follow the buzzers.